Blog Talk Radio. Red Town Radio. Those of you that have listened to Red Town Radio in the past know that I always opened the show with some traditional Muskogee music, whether it was a stomp dance or a hymn. I always like to open the show with some music, and that was just a little bit of a Creek Nation Festival stomp dance that was held a couple of years ago in 2016, and it was led, I believe, by um, Waylon Gray, one of our good friends. So I wanted to have a few minutes tonight to talk about the burning of the Notre Dame Cathedral. As many of you may know, this week, the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, France, was succumbed to a huge fire. And the history of Notre Dame is like a very, very um, long and detailed history. There's so many things that happened in that 850 years that the cathedral has been in existence. As you may know, the Cathedral of Notre Dame is a Catholic uh, church, and it was built in 1163. It was uh, the place where King Henry VI was crowned, and also Jane of Joan of Arc, I'm sorry, Joan of Arc 
was also uh, given the honor of being a uh, a beatee. So the cathedral has a huge significance to the cathedral, to the Catholic Church, and there are so many visitors that go to France every year and look at this cathedral and all the beautiful works, the architecture, the artwork, everything that has made that uh, building such a huge draw for tourists. But it is also a site that people consider a sacred site. And that's where I'm taking this conversation towards the uh, sacred site American Indians and and uh, Native Americans in the United States. I have heard over and over this week about how this is such a huge loss for not only the Catholic faith, but also for just the world in the loss of such a national treasure and a cultural um, place of history. Well, as many of you may know, when Christopher Columbus came over and discovered the United States, he was under the Catholic Church uh, orders. And part of what he was trying to do was not only find a paradise on earth, but more gold. He wanted to find a lot of gold and silver for the church. Um, Even before Christopher Columbus came over here to North America, Turtle Island, um, the Catholic Church had quite a history of human rights abuses. You know, there there was the Inquisition. Um, You know, the Catholics and the Puritans fought for uh, hundreds of years uh, over turf, I guess, in uh, in modern day Europe, um, and so when they expanded and wanted to come over and colonize in the new world, as they called it then, um, the indigenous people here were just a roadblock to the end that they wanted to. Um, have in place. And it's always been such a enigma to me or a mystery to me that people that came to um, the United States to find freedom of religion where they wouldn't be persecuted for not being Catholic or Protestant decided that the indigenous peoples of the Americas were savages that had no religion. And Part of what happened when those missionaries came here to the United States, um, I say missionaries, but I mean the the people who came over to so-called expand their colonies, was that in 1493, the Pope issued what is commonly known as the Popple Bull. And this is what led to manifest destiny here in um uh, the New World, the United States, Total Island. It stated that any land that wasn't inhabited by Christians was available to be discovered, 
claimed and further that the Catholic faith and the Christian religion was above everything else. And all the other barbarian, barbaric, savage nations had to be overthrown and brought to the faith. This doctrine of discovery was the basis of all European claims in the United States, the Americas, and Turtle Island, and led to the foundation of the whole United States Western expansion. In fact, in 1823, in one of the uh, most famous United States Supreme Court cases called Johnson v. McIntosh, Chief Justice John Marshall stated that the principle of discovery gave European nations an absolute right to these new lands in this new world. So in other words, the doctrine of discovery and Johnson v. McIntosh said that American Indians only had a right of occupancy that couldn't be that could be abolished because they weren't Christians and they weren't Catholics. So the Catholic Church issued the papal bulls and that led to a lot of the uh, misjustice, injustice, the uh, the fact that uh, you know American Indians were killed and to genocide, whatever it took, you know the inhumane treatment that occurred when these so-called Christians were looking for gold and wanting to find paradise. They did so many atrocious things to indigenous people to make them, uh, lead them to the fountain of youth and to the uh, valley of gold. And then they also put them in uh, precarious situations. So, you know, the Catholic Church isn't um, very, um, you know, well thought of in the human rights role. But getting back to this note, this burning of Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame has been in history, uh, you know, the sites of many, many historical and important things that happened, as well as, you know, some of you may have seen the Hunchback of Notre Dame, that uh, the the Hunchback climbed up all the way to the top of the tower. And it was the highest um, place in Paris for a long time uh, before the Eiffel Tower was built. And now people have... Uh, you know, come out with uh, how devastating and horrible it is that the cathedral that was built in um, 1163 um, was um, a sacred place that has now been almost destroyed. And that made me think, and some other people on Facebook and other of my friends um, think about the irony, if you want to call it that, the, the parallel that can be made 
to not only sacred sites of American Indians, Native Americans, but also what has happened recently here in the United States. I mean, just in the last week, there were three uh, churches burned to the ground in Louisiana, and those barely even got a, a blimp in the national news and the radar. Um, we have seen such a rise in racism that when churches are bombed and burnt, it doesn't really phase us anymore, I would say. But the Louisiana churches all were set in the same week, in this last same week that Notre Dame burned. Um, A Caucasian man burned three historically black churches, which means they had been around for a while and had some historical significance to the community, and yet we didn't even hear about these. And then now you hear about Notre Dame, and everyone is bemoaning the fact that it has burned to the ground. Well, it didn't exactly burn to the ground. I say a lot of it burned. They saved quite a bit. Um, and I understand it has some some beautiful architecture um, that, again, there's a lot of history. But let's talk about some of the sacred sites of American Indians that non-Indians just roll right over and don't even blink an eye. I mean, we have just in the last 10 years, we had San Francisco Peaks, which Clee Benali spent countless hours trying to stop the powers of B from making it into a ski slope out of repurposed urine and sewer. And the peaks were and are a sacred place for many Native Americans in Arizona. Yet there was nothing that could dissuade the developers from making that ski slope and fake snow out of repurposed sewer. And, you know, uh, the day that it opened a couple of years ago, Um, was a sad day for a lot of Indians. And then we had um, in Arizona where the gold mine uh, was snuck in to the bill by Senator John McCain um, that um, was, oh, it was part of a bill. Uh, I can't even remember the bill. Um, that he um, put it into, but it was called um, Oak Flat. And so um, the United States snuck this uh, this bill this this bill in, allowing gold mining and copper ore on Oak Flat. And even though um, 
Congress had voted down the bill many times before, uh, the, and it's a sacred place to the San Carlos Apache. It was um, once Congress decided that they wanted to let this happen, then there was uh, nothing they could do. And not only was that happening, but gold, the mining from the gold mine, led to huge, huge um, pollution. They just allowed some of the um, ore runoff into the river. And as you may know, in Arizona, the um, water is very, is very rare. And so um, the fact that despite the tribes, there were three or four tribes in that area that tried to stop this from being included in the bill, um, it was given away by the United States in a bill called the Southeast Arizona Land Exchange and Conservation Bill. And we have Senator John McCain for, to thank for that. Um, and then we turn to lately Bears Ears. Bears Ears in Utah is another place that's under attack. And um, it was a national monument that uh, the Obama administration had declared as a national monument. It has um, red rock and plateaus and all kinds of early Native American historical artifacts. Um, some of the tribes that lived there are the, the Navajo, the Ute, and the Hopi, and yet um, under this current administration, some of that land that was set aside by the Obama in, uh, administration has now been stripped away. And it's shrinking and shrinking and um, almost to the point where Bears Ears is going to be um, taken out of protected status and open to milling, uh, drilling and mining. And this is, happen this is happening all over Turtle Island. Um, we have sacred places that are sacred to Native Americans. And we could go through, I don't know um, how many um, that I can think of um, that are currently under attack. You know, you have... Uh, a lot of sacred places that don't look or um, have any kind of special, special, I don't know what you would think, uh, location. But to Native Americans, the sacred sites mean something. They're not just because they look pretty. 
They're either because they have some type of cultural origin, that there was some type of ceremonial ritual or um, some cemetery or burial ground uh, or somewhere that people went to pray that was uh, set away from everybody else. I mean, it has some type of religious or historical significance to Native Americans. And one of the things that I hear from those that don't understand um, is that it's hard to for a non-Native to understand or grasp the thought of just a mountain or a river or San Francisco peaks or Bears Ears being sacred. Um, and, of course, to a lot of us, Mother Earth in its entirety is sacred. I mean, water is sacred. Air is sacred. Um, we should treat all of these things as sacred. And in my view, the uh, significance of a historical or religious site is up to the persons or the tribal nations to state to make the case that this place is what it what they say it should be. You know, take for example the um, the Black Hills that the Lakota hold sacred, and at at one point. Um, they were awarded, I believe it was $6,000 by the federal government to pay for the Black Hills. And the Lakota has uh, always said, no, they do not want the money. It's the fact that Black Hills um, is sacred. There, You can't sell sacred. You can't sacred. You cannot take money for something that is sacred. Um, and so that's just another example of how uh, non-natives don't understand the significance of a sacred site. And the last one I want to bring out is sometimes our people desecrate lands that um, are all, that they know is sacred out of greed. And I'm speaking of the Porch Band Creeks who have desecrated the sacred land of Hickory Ground back in Alabama. The Porch Band Creeks um, got their federal recognition in the 1980s and not long after that, petitioned the state of Alabama to take over a national park known as Hickory Ground. It was on the National Register of Historic Places and preserved as a spiritual and burial ground of Muscogee Creek people. And instead, <coughs> and instead of protecting that land and taking care of it, the Porch Band Creek dug up those ancestors of ours, not mine, but Hickory Ground ancestors, <coughs> and built a casino on top of that ceremonial and sacred land. And for years, 
the Muskogee citizens have attempted to get recognition of the fact that this, this, well, I don't even want to call them a tribal nation. This group of people has desecrated not only a ceremonial ground, but a cemetery for profit with a casino, but they have done something with the bones, with the remains, with the artifacts that they dug up um, that, that they haven't told the people here in Oklahoma who are the direct ancestors of those who were buried there Um, What happened to them? So we have a situation where sacred lands do not mean anything to the Porch Band Creek, PBCI, Porch Band Creek of Indians. That's what they call themselves. So as your chief, Muscogee Creek Nation, I would vow to continue the fight to recognize Hickory Ground in Alabama as our true ancestral ceremonial ground. I would vow to continue to fight for recognition of the atrocities that the Porch Band Creek have committed against our people and our ancestors. And I would also preserve our culture and our traditions here in Oklahoma, where we are now, Because I know many of the ceremonial grounds here in Oklahoma are on uh, private property through long-term leases. And if anything ever happened to those long-term leases, um, I know some of them are like 15, 20 years, uh, and they've just been renewed over and over. Um, We need to try to acquire that property. We need to try to our best to take those lands into our inventory of property so that we can protect it. Everywhere those ceremonial grounds are, are places that are sacred, and we need to preserve that. And so I know, I think there are, we have 13 ceremonial grounds now, still active, maybe 12, um, and I would say ten, nine or ten of them are on private property, not owned by a Muscogee Creek person or the Muscogee Creek tribe. We need to fix that. We need to find some way to um, either purchase that property or get it into our inventory so that we can preserve it for our future. Um, I was told growing up that you can't move a fire um, once you've had the the ground uh, established and the fire, you, that um, that's where it has to stay until it burns out. And so it's very important to me that we preserve those grounds, that we preserve those ceremonial places here in Oklahoma. And I vow that we will continue that fight against the Porchman Creek in Alabama to bring light to the fact that they have desecrated sacred ground. Um, Imagine all the non-Indians who are upset about uh, 
how the sacred church in France has now burned, how they would feel if that church, someone had taken that building of Notre Dame and turned it into a big casino. How do you think they would feel then? So I tell you that that is my vow. And um, I hope that each of you will remember me and I will be back next month. I'm going to make this a regular, um, something regular that's going to happen maybe monthly and then as we go on bi-monthly. I'll try to find a better time because 10 o'clock is usually my bedtime. So uh, I'm a little rusty. This is the first time I've done Red Town Radio in a couple of years and I'm a little rusty at public speaking. But I will be back and we will make this a regular happening and we will do this together. So... I appreciate any of you listening in about my thoughts about uh, sacred ground and sacred places. And I invite you back next time whenever we meet again. May you all be blessed. And I pray, I offer prayers for those who are struggling with addiction, those that are struggling with grief, and those who are struggling with health issues. And Hesek Gedemiski, bless each and every one of you, now and always. Mado for listening. Bye-bye.